Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Sunday morning. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You heard from the candidates for sheriff last hour. Like I said, Kim Beatty, she is running as a Democrat. She will be on next week here on Hardline. But our guest this segment is Dr. Kevin Hardwick. Dr. Hardwick, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well on a uh, on a Sunday morning, getting ready for that Bills game that is still eight and a half hours away. Yeah, well, every every morning is great when you're married to a woman like you are. Oh, of and course. Lucky it's lucky been, enough. It's been an amazing Katie, two weeks. Katie, I don't know uh, whether <laughs> she feels lucky, but I know you should. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Now, uh, a few news-making things uh, happening in the county this week, and I wanted to get your input on it. Mm-hmm. And the first was the county executive's veto of a, a law that would allow those who are 12 and 13 to hunt with the advisement of their parents. Now, from what I understand, this did have some support on both sides of the aisle, uh, but the county executive decided to veto it. Uh, how do you see this? Well, it was a very close vote to begin with. It was a 6-5 to five vote. I believe it was last month uh, when we originally voted on it. Uh, the four the four Republicans voted for it. Uh, John Gilmore, one of my uh, fellow Democrats, voted for it, and I voted for it. Uh, but the other five Democrats voted against it, which which meant it it uh, it passed. Uh, but then it needed the county executive signature, and he thought about it for darn near a month. He had about a month to veto it or sign it, and I think he did it pretty much at the last minute. It was a bit of a surprise to some of us when it when it came back to us in the legislature. Uh, and then we did an override vote the other day, and it was the same six to five margin, which although it's enough to pass, it's a simple majority, it did not achieve the two-thirds majority required. Uh, so as a result, it came down. Uh, it, it did not pass. But uh, John Gilmore actually, uh, again, my fellow Democrat, was the uh, legislator who moved 
to override the veto. He got up, stood up, and said, I moved to you know, override this veto. Uh, and it was seconded, I believe, by Joe Larigo. And then we had the same six to five vote, uh, John and I uh, joining the uh, Republicans and voting for it. But again, it was it came up short. Now, with the veto, did the county executive issue a statement to the uh, legislature? Yeah, he did. It was a very, uh, very detailed statement. He talked about uh, the risks involved with letting um, younger people out in the woods with guns and the possibility for accidents, which, of course, you know, accidents, uh, hunting accidents, unfortunately, happen every year uh, with adults. And I think he was concerned that there would be uh, greater danger with children in the woods, even if they were supervised. Uh, and he cited some examples. Um, and, you know, there's it's a it's a it's a question of uh, of, of safety for him. And, and there's a there's a line that we all have. Uh, again, it was a it was a very close vote uh, to begin with. And it was a six to five vote on the override, which indicates there's a there's a split within the legislature that crosses party lines. Uh, and I think there's a split out there in the public that that's indicative of. Uh, and I think it's a it's a very, you know, it's almost a coin toss issue uh, for a lot of people. So even though I voted to override, even though I voted for it originally and, and thought that the 12- and 13-year-olds should be able to hunt with adult supervision, as did John Gilmore, I think we respect our colleagues uh, who didn't agree with us uh, because I think you can make a case for either side, and that's just one of those that's just one of those issues. So you don't think this will be something that will be brought up again because it can't get out of that six to five vote? I don't think it'll be uh, brought up again um, this year. Uh, I think it's, uh, I, you know, there's some question in my mind whether it's, it's too late to opt in for this year now. But it may come back in the, in the future. In future legislatures, we have an election uh, three weeks from Tuesday. Uh, and in, uh, in uh, January, there will be a new legislature. Uh, there that will have at least uh, one member different because I'm not running for re-election. I'm running, as you know, for Erie County Comptroller. So everybody else is running for re-election, whether they win or not, that, you know, remains to be seen. That'll be decided by the voters on November 2nd, but um, um, but uh, I won't be there. So it will be a different legislature, and they can take this uh, issue again up next year probably. And uh, also, you know, six to five, as you said, you and another Democrat uh, went and voted with the Republicans. Is this one of the first times we've seen such a bipartisan move in the legislature? Oh, no. I mean, it, it happens more often than you think. Look, mo- most, most resolutions in the legislature pass unanimously. There is no fight. Uh, and a lot of the fights come on uh, issues that we have absolutely – no say over their advisory resolutions uh, to uh, the Congress or to the state legislature, or the governor saying you ought to do this or you ought to do that. And they're they're on controversial issues that, you know, party lines are drawn and, you know, they're 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 controversial issues. And and but they're really, in, in a sense, meaningless because normally the New York state legislature isn't waiting around uh, to find out what Erie County thinks about something that the state legislature is considering. Uh, They're just put in those resolutions by legislators who seek to uh, make a point, who seek to posture, political posturing. Uh, But of the substantive issues, I mean, the real things we, you know, can make a difference in, such as this, uh, you know, oftentimes there will be 
people crossing party lines one way or another. I know I've done so numerous times, both now and, you know, this year and in past years. I have to say, it's always nice to see when uh, when both parties come together and, uh, and agree on something. Now, also, we had the Bills Stadium study released and the state of New York talking about this property downtown and the Bills Stadium. Kevin, uh, are we still not 100% sure that the Bills Stadium will be in Orchard Park, where, where does the county stand on this today? Uh, well, well, I'll tell you, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself and, uh, and based on the people I talk to. Um, you, you know, there are certain advantages, certainly, to having a stadium downtown. And if a stadium were put downtown back in the 70s, it probably would have made a lot of sense. But now we've got the stadium out in Orchard Park, and we've got a culture of tailgating built around that. We also own that property out there. Uh, either we own it or, the, you know, it's college property um, that they want to build on, um, it would save a ton of money uh, for whoever is going to pay uh, for that stadium uh, if we built it in Orchard Park. And, and I think, you know, we have to be leaning in that direction, if for no other reason than the money. Um, uh, and, again, there's also that the tailgating aspect where it may be more difficult to do it downtown. There are questions of access and the infrastructure available, of course, you know, it takes a while, to, as you know, it takes a while to, to get out of a Bills game. Uh, if you wait for the, uh, you know, for the final gun, it takes a while to get out of the parking lot and get home. Um, but that might be uh, even exacerbated if we put the stadium downtown. Well, yeah, I, I look at trying to get out of an event, uh, the arena downtown, and that's nowhere close yeah. to the size of yeah. the stadium. Uh, and, Kevin, you, you mentioned the tailgating, and that's what most of us think when we think of where the new stadium is going to be. You know, as you said, I mean, the tailgating into the game, the team's good now, so the games are actually something you want to get to on time. Uh, but is this something that the county looks at when they're going over these plans, they also think of tailgating, right? I mean, it's not something that the county wants yeah. to get rid of. Uh, obviously, it's a consideration, yes. I think, I think there are a lot of factors. I mean, the, the, look, the biggest factor is going to be financial, right, the cost of this thing because it is going to be expensive. Uh, and, 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 of course, there's the outstanding question of uh, how much is each party going to pay. That's going to be, that's going to be the biggest driver here. Uh, but, you know, the intangibles, and certainly tailgating is one of them, is – is also important, and it's certainly important to a lot of Bills fans, uh, certainly the ones that I know. Does the county still think there's a way to go forward with the standing stadium, or are they in agreement with the Pagulas that a new stadium is a reality in the next 10 years? I, 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 think, I think it's trending, certainly, towards a new stadium. I wouldn't say here today that the door has been closed on, on doing something with the current facility. Uh, but I think that, uh, that, that a lot of people are, are favoring the construction of a new stadium that, you know, it may well be time. Kevin, I have two questions that aren't something I ran by you before. Uh, but the first one would be, you know, on uh, Thursday we saw what happened in the city of Buffalo with India Walton's uh, car being towed and the statement she made on Twitter. Not so much the tickets or the towing. Uh, what did you think of her statement um, kind of accusing the mayor of having her car towed because she's India Walton. Well, you, you, you know, I mean, that happens. And the reason you and I are talking about, and the re reason you and, uh, and uh, uh, Brian Mazurowski talked about that Thursday morning, in a program, by the way, I love. It's a great hour. 
Um, the reason you talked about then was because it was India Walt. If it was my car that was towed or your car that was towed, um, we wouldn't be talking about it. Uh, so, you know, for her to make that allegation, I think, is, is, is natural. Now, was that the reason her car was towed, or was it because it had all those unpaid tickets and, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the sticker had expired? Um, I don't know, and, you know, most people don't, but certainly if you're India Walton, you're going to, you know, you're going to suspect that, and you're going to bring it up. And believe me, I uh, I can't comment on traffic tickets. I drove on a suspended license for more than six months and had to uh, call a buddy to drive me to work because I had been pulled over right before I was supposed to be doing my Sunday night shift here 10 years ago. You, you know, for some reason, Joe, I'm not surprised. No, I mean, I'm not proud of it. You know, I owned it, and I think that's when I started realizing, Joe, you you got to slow down. Um but, yeah, I mean, I can completely understand. I, I think a lot of pe- more people are just, as we talked about on, uh, on BMAS and Beamer, uh, more about their response. And then the final thing I want to ask you, Kevin, and, and this is, isn't something we talked about, but it, it's, talk, it's what's going to happen after the election, um, obviously, before next year, is the redistricting, the redrawing of the lines here in New York State. Do you think that means anything for our two congressmen here in western New York, Brian Higgins and Chris Jacobs? You know, I, I suspect it doesn't. I think they'll both have districts that favor them. In fact, Chris Jacobs, uh, who already has, I believe, the most Republican district in the state of New York, it may even get better for him. Uh, but for Republicans in general, I think they will lose seats because of the redistricting. Uh, certainly, it'll be for the first time in, I don't know, uh, you know I don't know how many decades. Uh, it'll be it'll be Democrats drawing the district by themselves. It's it's normally been Democrats in the assembly uh, sharing the chalk as they draw the the lines with Republicans in the Senate in past decades. Um, that's not going to be the case this time because Democrats took over the Senate, state Senate, and they of course have the state assembly. So they'll be drawing Democrat they'll be drawing Democratic districts in Congress, as well as state Senate and state assembly districts. So that's, if you're, you know, if you're a Republican and you're looking at statewide uh, clout, um, you know, that's got to be of concern to you. But Chris Jacobs is one that should not be concerned? Yeah, because because what you have to do, you can't eliminate, you know, if you're a Democrat and you're, you're drawing districts to benefit Democrats, you can't eliminate all of them. So what you do is you pack as many Republicans in one or two districts to dilute the number of Republicans in the remaining districts. So you have to have a super, super, super Republican district uh, in order to create all these Democratic districts. And I think that may well be the Jacobs district. But uh, again, I have no inside knowledge of that. I just I just think that's probably what's going to happen. And speaking of New York State, you know, Kathy Hochul, uh, it's been talked about this week, uh, who she could be seen in a primary. How do you think she's been doing so far, and do you like her chances next year? Do you think she'll get a majority of the support from New York Democrats? I, you know, I think every day she becomes stronger. She picked up a lot of endorsements this week from uh, Democratic county chairpersons, uh, especially in upstate New York. She also picked up the, uh, the uh, um, uh, Democratic state chair's endorsement. Um, which came as a bit of a surprise to me. I guess I haven't paying as much attention as I should have to this, but uh, but that was that was certainly a positive development if you're in the Hochul camp. 
And Kevin, and I think she has she has a much better chance of uh, of, of winning the gubernatorial election next year uh, than than the Mets have of winning the World Series this year. Well, that's that's not saying anything. I know that. <laughs> Kevin, before I let you go, I do have to ask this, and we did talk to you about your campaign in an earlier show, as well as your competitor, uh, Lynn Dixon. You can find those on the mm-hmm. Odyssey app and WBEN.com. But as you mentioned, win or lose, you are not seeking another term in the legislature. Are you going to miss your time in the Erie County Legislature? Yeah, I will. Um, I, I, I will because I, I, you know, I, I love being on top of things. I, I, I love being on the field rather than up in the stands, you know, observing. And that's one reason you run for elected office. I mean, you can stay up in the stands and you can heckle and you can boo and you can cheer or you can get down on the field. Um, and, and, you know, for the last 12 years in the Erie County Legislature, I've been on the field. And you don't always hit a home run when you're, when you're on the field. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes you uh, round out to second base. Uh, but uh, but I I'm one of those people that likes to have the bat in my hands when the game is on the line. And that's why I uh, I've enjoyed being in the legislature, because I have a say in things like we've talked about, whether it was this hunting law or the, uh, the, the stadium or whatever. Uh, I, I, I like to be there. You think the Bills uh, are going to take the win in Kansas City tonight? I think so. I, I, I think we're due. I think we've come a long way. I mean, they've been pointing towards this. I mean, you know, I, I think it's up to the quarterback. If Josh Allen has has a decent game, which he did not have last time we played them, uh, I think we'll do quite well. And that defense is, you know, that defense is a force, uh, our defense. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, I'm hopeful the Bills win. And, Kevin, I can't believe I'm admitting this on the air, but I'm going to. I'm going to admit this. I have to root for New England today as well so I can stay undefeated in the survivor pool. In the survivor pool, yeah. That's a very important survivor pool, Joe. It sure is. Well, Kevin, thanks for joining me, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. You're, you're, you're welcome, Joe. That was Erie County Legislator Kevin Hardwick. As I mentioned, we did talk to him and Lynn Dixon about their campaigns for Comptroller. If you'd like to listen to that, it is on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. When we come back, we are talking to Dr. Tom Russo from the Jacob School of Medicine to discuss vaccinations, for 5 to 11-year-olds, booster shots, and breakthrough cases. It is Hardline, one segment left here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. News Radio 930 WBEN, and yes, COVID is still in the news, so of course I bring my favorite guest to talk about COVID when it's in the news, and to talk about other things, uh, Dr. Tom Russo from the Jacobs School of Medicine. Dr. Russo, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Great to be with you. Now, Dr. Russo, we heard the, the big news this week. I think it was uh, highly anticipated, and that is that I believe Pfizer will be uh, asking for emergency uh, authorization for children 5 to 11. Uh, now, what is the difference between the vaccine a 5 to 11-year-old will get and the vaccine that I got? So the main difference is going to be the dosage. So the dosage that adults have received, in fact, individuals that 12 and up received, has been 30 micrograms, and from the 5- to 11-year-old children, it's going to be 10 micrograms. And based on the data that's become available to us at this point, uh, what we know is that dosage seems to generate a great immune response, and it has uh, really uh, a manageable degree of reactogenic symptoms uh, with vaccination. So it's that sort of balance between having an appropriate response and being well tolerated. And they think they've found the sweet spot with that 10 microgram dose. Now, will this be a one shot um, or will this be a two shot like everyone else has gotten? My understanding is it's going to be a two shot regimen at this time. And uh, what do you, what do you think uh, going forward? So say the, uh, the shots are administered, uh, what, the beginning of November, you think this will uh, start happening? So the FDA advisory committee is set the date uh, for October 26th to review the data, and they'll pass judgment whether um, the vaccine is both safe and effective, and obviously that's of critical importance. They'll make a recommendation to the FDA, and if the FDA then subsequently decides to go ahead and approve the vaccine, then it'll go to the CDC Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, and they'll make the final recommendation of whether this age group should get the green light to go ahead and get vaccinated. People are guesstimating that given all of that, somewhere around um, November 1st, plus minus a couple of days on either side, will be the date where this whole process will be finalized. All right. Now, I know there's a lot of parents out there, and obviously they want their kids to be the most protected from COVID as they can. What do you say to parents that might be on the fence about having their kid get this vaccine? Well, you know, having your children getting vaccinated is incredibly important. And even though 
a lot of people discuss, well, the likelihood of a bad outcome in children is uh, very small. Uh, uh, one, children are not absolutely bulletproof, and there's unfortunately been some uh, more serious illnesses, hospitalizations, and bad outcomes even in this age group. Perhaps more importantly, uh, you know, there's going to be unpredictable consequences if children get infected on both the intermediate term in terms of, quote, long COVID, albeit less common in children and still exists, and even longer-term consequences from infection with this virus that may not uh, be appreciated for years or decades to come. So the best practice is to avoid getting infected, and the best means to do that is vaccination. And so I think this has been long waited for, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And, of course, children are an important mode of transmitting uh, infection to older adults who are more vulnerable. It's also going to help bring this pandemic under control. Dr. Russo, do you think uh, as the vaccine is uh, is given to kids five and older, to people five and older, we will start seeing the loosening or it'll be an appropriate time to start loosening those mask guidelines that are remaining in schools? I think we're going to be stuck with the mask guidelines for this fall semester. Now, remember, it takes uh, at least five weeks for this vaccine to fully kick in. So if we're talking about beginning the vaccination process, say, optimistically around November 1st, you know, we're really getting close then to the, uh, uh, you know, the religious holidays before, you know, uh, the majority of these individuals or a significant uh, proportion of these individuals will uh, achieve that full protection from vaccination. So um, not only, you know, in terms of loosening mask guidelines, will it depend on vaccination rates? It'll also depend on how well we're doing with cases in the community. However, I'm pretty optimistic. I think uh, with the way things are going right now, even though we haven't done as well here in Western New York, we have not turned the corner on this Delta wave. Um, It's occurring across the country. I'm hoping it will occur here soon as well. This plus increased vaccination. I'm looking forward to January 2022 looking a lot better in terms of both cases and vaccination rates. And maybe then will be a time where we could finally get rid of those masks, but we're just going to have to see where we're at. Also, uh, boosters is another thing I want to talk about, but staying with the children vaccines 5 to 11, uh, do you see this becoming a yearly thing for children? You know, we're seeing adults, we're starting to recommend boosters around eight and nine months. Is that going to be the same uh, case with the younger population? My best guess is Probably not, but we're going to have to see as we follow these children out. Uh, Children tend to get a a better immunogenic response to vaccination than adults. They're younger. They have a better immune system. So I suspect it's going to be more durable and long-lasting in children. But obviously, we'll be following the cohorts out, see how long the response lasts. And uh, once we have that information, if it becomes clear there's a a need for boosters and it'll be both safe and beneficial, Uh, then I suspect we'll go forward with them. But I think it's too early at this time to make any uh, firm predictions. Now, looking at boosters, as of right now, Pfizer, uh, the only one I believe that is still um, given the authorization for booster shots. Is it time now uh, for everyone that's had their first two shots uh, to start thinking about that booster? And and what is that magic number uh, to get to the doctor and get that uh, third shot? So let's start with those that were vaccinated with Pfizer, because at this time, those are the only individuals that have been approved for that third shot. So 
there's a couple of groups that absolutely should get the booster shot. And again, it's only if you've been vaccinated with Pfizer and you're six months out from your second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. And those individuals that I really feel should get this are uh, 60 to 65 and up. There's data from Israel to show that those individuals are more likely to have um, a more severe breakthrough infection, albeit still relatively uncommon than the younger individuals. And even though it's been approved separately earlier, immunocompromised individuals uh, also would benefit from that third shot. So those are people that I really strongly recommend uh, getting that booster or that third shot. Now, outside of those groups, um, it's also in the recommendations from the CDC, if you're 50 to 64 and you have underlying illnesses that put you at increased risk, you can get the third shot as should get the third shot as well. And I think that's a great idea. Frontline workers and individuals that are 18 to 49, it becomes a more individualized decision. Uh, I feel strongly that any healthcare worker uh, should uh, go ahead and get that booster shot because uh, that'll minimize the chances of a breakthrough infection. And even though younger individuals, uh, the protection still looks great in terms of preventing severe disease and keeping them out of hospital, if you do develop a breakthrough infection, that'll A, take you out of work, and B, put individuals you interact with at risk. Another group, even if you're not in that higher risk category where I strongly recommend getting the booster, but if you're younger and healthy, but in your social bubble, your household, if there's someone that is more vulnerable, then you should get that booster as well, because if you minimize the risk of you getting a breakthrough infection, you'll be protecting them. So that's how I see it right now. I think that the booster isn't necessarily for everyone. If you're young and healthy, you have a very low risk of getting a serious breakthrough infection and you don't interact with anyone at risk and it doesn't pose pragmatic problems for work, um, you could consider holding off at this time. But I think a lot of people that have been vaccinated with Pfizer that more than six months out would benefit from it. And we see Johnson & Johnson talking about adding a second shot, making that more of an effective shot. Dr. Russo, is this going to be from now on, if you're getting your first Johnson & Johnson shot, I mean, not right now, but once this passes, once they, uh, they get their authorization, would the Johnson & Johnson just become a two-shot vaccine for first-time uh, users? Yeah, I think so, Joe. You know, uh, you know people that got Moderna and the J&J vaccine are really waiting for approval of uh, an additional shot. Uh, the people that need to be least concerned is uh, those who receive Moderna. That vaccine is held up very well, and though there's some breakthrough infections, uh, they're far fewer than what we're seeing from Pfizer, and especially with the J&J. The single shot of the J&J just has not performed as well as the RNA vaccines. Uh, there is uh, more breakthrough infections. There's more individuals that are landing in hospital um, uh, that got the J&J vaccine as well. So um, the advisory committee for the FDA is meeting to talk about boosters for both J&J and Moderna on the 14th and 15th of this month. It's coming up this week, uh, Thursday and Friday. I suspect um, third shot or second shot for J&J will be approved, and especially for the J&J crowd, um, I think it would be uh, quite beneficial. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Moderna. Uh, they're talking about half the dose, only 50 micrograms, and it may be a little bit more selective for that crowd like it was for the uh, Pfizer booster. 
Dr. Russo, looking at the uh, effectiveness of the three vaccines, uh, do you think from day one Johnson & Johnson should have been a two-dose vaccine? Yeah, I think so. We knew right from the beginning that the Johnson Johnson vaccine only had about uh, 70% efficacy in protecting against uh, uh, mild infection. However, its protection against more serious disease at landing you in hospital and result with bad outcomes was high. And early on, that you know, was a critical factor. We didn't have enough vaccines. There was one and done. It didn't have the cold storage challenges of the RNA vaccine. So it made a lot of sense. But now as vaccine is so readily available, uh, you know, that decreased efficacy of the Johnson Johnson vaccine with the single shot is becoming much more significant. So I think as we move forward, um, a two shot regimen of the J&J vaccine makes a lot of sense so we can get its efficacy approaching that of the RNA vaccine. Dr. Russo, why has Moderna performed so much better than the other two? That's a great question, and everyone's been speculating about that. So there's two possible reasons. The first is the Moderna dose was 100 micrograms, and the Pfizer dose was 30 micrograms. And that extra amount of antigen uh, likely resulted in a more robust immune response. Also, the Moderna vaccine had an extra week between doses, and we're learning now as you spread out the time between doses, that also improves uh, efficacy of the vaccine. Uh, so it's going to be probably some combination of that higher dose and that extra week between shots. The basic components of the vaccine, though, no one really knows for sure, but are, they're probably very, very similar. So I think it's more of a dose and spacing-related issue than some fundamental differences in terms of the makeup of the vaccine. Now, breakthrough cases, uh, we hear more and more, it seems, about breakthrough cases. We uh, heard Tom Bowerly talk about his this week here on WBEN. Tom, uh, Dr. Russo, are we hearing more about breakthrough cases because of the time that has passed from most getting their vaccine, or are we hearing of breakthrough cases because of the Delta variant? So the answer is both. The protection of our vaccines against the Delta variant is not quite as high as it was with earlier versions uh, of the virus, such as the alpha variant. So that's part of the story. But as we get more and more data, it seems uh, the waning of the response, particularly with the Pfizer vaccine, is a little bit more dominant and is playing a greater role uh, uh, between the two of those. Also, the Delta variant, when people are infected, they shed so much more virus and you get exposed to a thousand fold more infectious particles so that large inoculum as well is probably contributing to that combination of some waning immunity in individuals that are six months or more out at this point. Um, so that's probably what's going on. We've seen some data on the Pfizer vaccine that as you really get past six months, the efficacy against infection may drop as low as, as 47%, uh, which is a fairly low number. Now, the good news is, it remains highly protective against severe disease and hospitalizations, excepting those groups we talked about, the immunocompromised and our seniors. Uh, but we're seeing a lot more breakthrough infections, and obviously that's continuing to fuel and propagate this Delta wave we're experiencing, which here in Western New York we just can't quite shake. So hopefully the combination of boosters, uh, increased vaccination in those children, and some of the natural history of this wave that we see that sort of lasts about eight weeks plus 
we'll get us on the other side of this soon. And we hear all about different kinds of breakthrough cases. You know, we've heard of the the more mild to moderate uh, reactions to uh, having COVID vaccinated. And then I know someone who uh, has a break, who's dealing with a breakthrough case right now. And really, the only symptom is they can't they can't smell and they can't taste. Uh, but beside that, they feel fine. Uh, why are we seeing such a variation of reactions to breakthrough cases? Well, I think it's important to emphasize, and these breakthrough cases have gotten a lot of press, that if you're fully vaccinated and get a breakthrough case, the overwhelming majority of individuals are going to have either asymptomatic disease, mild disease, they're not going to land in hospital, they're not going to become severely ill and have a bad outcome. Of course, again, to emphasize, the ones that are at risk are our immunocompromised individuals and our seniors, probably in large part because they never had an optimal response with the uh, first vaccination, and, you know, with some waning of that response and uh, increased infectivity and resistance of the Delta variant, they're more likely to get in trouble. Um, but having said that, um, you know, even if you get a mild breakthrough infection, if you lose taste or smell or feel off for a few days, that's obviously not optimal. And, uh, and you could potentially, when you're symptomatic, uh, though we know that breakthrough cases are less likely to transmit disease, they could still contribute to transmission. So if we can minimize that, I think it'll help us get on the other side of the pandemic. But I can't emphasize enough, and we've been focusing sort of on boosters for this last bit. From a public health point of view, getting the unvaccinated vaccinated is by far the most important factor in bringing this pandemic to an end. You know, the breakthrough cases are are more of a nuisance for most people. They can be occasionally more serious for those selected groups. Uh, but for the, for the most part, protecting our unvaccinated still needs to be our focus. And I think that's been a little bit lost with all this talk about boosters and breakthrough cases. They're the ones now that are still almost uh, represent the overwhelming majority of hospitalizations and deaths that's still occurring right now, which is extraordinarily unfortunate because uh, these deaths are preventable. You know, we talk about vaccines, Dr. Russo. Of course, everyone's going to ask the question about natural immunity. What do we know at this point in COVID-19 about natural immunity alone versus a vaccine alone? So we're still learning about this. And I think what we could say at this point, obviously, if you get infected and survive, and, you know, uh, as we know, one in 500 Americans have succumbed to COVID today, which is extraordinarily unfortunate. But if you are able to survive that infection, you will get a degree of protection. There's no question about it. Um, What is uncertain at this point is um, how good that protection is going to be. And it's going to be quite variable. The more severely ill, if you recover, you'll probably have the greatest degree of protection. But if you have asymptomatic infection or a mild infection, then that's much more variable. It's uncertain in terms of how long that degree of protection uh, is going to last and will it be enough, for example, if you get a big exposure to the Delta variant to prevent infection as well. Um, Vaccine-induced protection is more variable, but that's also not perfect. The thing that we absolutely know, though, is if you had a prior infection and then get vaccinated, you will have absolutely the greatest degree of protection that exists. There's a synergistic response. So if you've been previously infected 
Uh, I strongly suggest that you go ahead and get vaccinated because then you'll have a fantastic degree of protection, and particularly for those individuals that had either asymptomatic infection or very mild infection. It's quite unpredictable how protected they are. Vaccination will definitely significantly augment that and really minimize your risk moving forward. Dr. Russo, last question, and I should have asked this with the booster questions. Say I, uh, I'm fully vaccinated and I had a breakthrough case. Does that breakthrough case act as my booster shot? <laughs> That's such a great question. I'd love to know the answer to that. It is definitely going to boost your immune response. Uh, right now, we don't have the data to be certain of whether it's as good as the booster, not quite as good as the booster, or better than the booster. And I think, like everything else, as we just talked about natural immunity, it will sort of depend on the degree of the nature of your of the breakthrough infection. Uh, I'm hoping we're going to get some data on that soon. Um, but there's no question if you uh, were vaccinated and then have a breakthrough infection, that's going to improve uh, the degree of protection. Uh, how durable it is and the quality of that increased protection, hopefully we can sort out in the near future. Dr. Tom Russo, Jacob School of Medicine, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, always great to be with you, Joe. And thank you for joining me this Monday morning. If you missed any of this show, any of our past shows, or anything on WBEN, you can find that audio on demand at WBEN.com and on the Odyssey app. We'll be back here tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. with a new morning. Bemaz and Beamer, 9 to 10. David Bellavia, 10 to 2. Tom Bowerly, 2 to 6. And Buffalo's Evening News with Tom Puckett, 6 to 7. Have a great Sunday afternoon. Go Bills! We'll see you tomorrow here on WBEN. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.